create your symphony of success with sales enablement. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to PDA Group's Expert Talks on Sales. I am here with the wonderful Anna Rokina. Anna started her career in social media back in 2005 in Moscow. Over her career, she built expertise in different areas of social media, starting with social media listening and analytics, social media marketing and strategy. Anna was part of the Lenovo, Lenovo social media global team, the Oracle Digital JPEG team, and now she's back to entrepreneurship and just has started her social sales transformation consultancy and training. Anna, it's a pleasure to having you here with us. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me here. Very excited for our talk today. <laughs> Super. Anna, before we jump into our topic of today, do you mind introducing yourself a little bit more in detail than just what I said before? Yeah, sure. So, um, so to add to what you said, yes, I'm Russian. For the past nine years, I lived in Singapore. Mm -hmm. uh, my career is in social media, and I've been doing many things. Um, I had my own agency back in Russia uh, with social media research agency. And here in Singapore, it's been a range of companies from a smaller agency to Lenovo and Oracle. So basically my area of expertise is uh, how social media works in an enterprise, um, different aspects of it. And um, my job has always been to get the value out of social media for a company. Great. And that's why so many things that I have done because there are so many things that can be done on social. <laughs> Perfect, great. So Anna, social media and social selling, I mean, We've seen this park in the last couple of months, but to give our audience a baseline of understanding, how do you define social selling? What is it really? What's the, your overall definition for social selling? Uh, that's a great question to start with. <laughs> um, so social selling is basically using social media uh, for your sales process. And mm -hmm. it starts with uh, prospecting. It includes the whole range of activities, researching your target companies, finding and reaching out to decision makers. Um, so pretty much the traditional sales process, but you amplify it and accelerate it with social. Um, but in addition to these activities, uh, there is more to social selling, which is which is actually a big part of it. A big part of the success is building your personal brand, mm -hmm. becoming more visible, uh, creating and curating content, um, publishing content, and engaging in communities or engaging with, if there's no community, people around you, people who come to you, people who communicate uh, with influencers in your, uh, in your industry. So this whole thing is social selling. Wow, I mean, that's a huge spectrum, Anna, what you just described here. Um, one thing that just sparked my interest when you were speaking was personal branding. And then we also hear social selling in the business context or being on social media. From your point of view, what is the degree in personal branding on sharing 
real personal things like private stuff versus keeping it more on the professional level that's interesting um i think ju just today this morning i've seen this discussion on linkedin about what to share how personal you can get on linkedin should you share pictures of your kids on linkedin yeah. how your dog had stomach problems is it a secret for linkedin <laughs> um so personal brand is still personal mm -hmm. it's the brand of you you're not creating a mini branch of your company um so some personal contact con content is definitely appropriate mm -hmm. um but there is this not so subtle difference with facebook or instagram or tiktok in the tone of voice and um in the context of linkedin and I don't think I would be able to define it like this is possible to share, this is not possible to share, but context is important to understand when you think of people who open LinkedIn um, and go through their feed, they are in the mindset of, they're in the professional mindset. Mm -hmm. So they are on LinkedIn to look for a job, meet new people, network, um, sell. Um, so some of the personal content content is appropriate but um, so yeah so there is the context that you always have to keep in mind so it's basically your personal content actually has to serve the message and also keep you authentic to be real because it, it has to be a big blend between personal and professional life at the moment as we have seen over the past months exactly so if you are a working mom and this is your brand of course, some stories about how you combine work and family, absolutely appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, if you are a, like me, a cat lady, <laughs> <laughs> I never post pictures of my cats on, <laughs> on LinkedIn actually. Um, but um, so I think that something that contributes to how you want to be perceived, mm -hmm. this is something to always keep in mind because maybe on other social networks is just a personal network. So you kind of, it's the free flow of your life that's pouring out on your Instagram or your TikTok or your Facebook. On LinkedIn, there's always this extra step of thinking, is it how I want people to see me? Yeah, great advice. Thank you, Anna, for that sidestep. What just sparked me when, we, when I was listening to you before. But again, this huge spectrum of social selling I mean, we have to have various skills also in, in our bucket to serve social selling. From your point of view and experience, what are some of the key skills here? So big, uh, big bucket of soft skills. Mm -hmm. Soft skills are actually more important uh, in becoming successful social seller. And I would say uh, empathy. Uh, empathy to your customer, understanding their pain, their needs so that you can help. And this approach, um, that will be the baseline for your success. So um, then I think that coming to the hard skills, writing really helps. Good writing skills really help. Conversational writing. Uh, not being robotic, not being too formal uh, in the way you talk to people. Uh, that is a skill and that helps your storytelling um, 
your ability to write a short message that will get people to answer you. That's a, that's a skill. And uh, I think research, which comes to the soft skill of curiosity, being able to find things about decision makers, about companies that will make whatever you tell them relevant to them and not to you. So that's one um, very important skill as well. This is what I've seen in successful salespeople. These are the skills they really master. And you just mentioned before empathy and researching your, your audience, who you want to engage with, which leads basically to building the relationship and trust as the core of every relationship. How can we build trust through this um, anonymous world sometimes also what what is out there in the digital world of social selling? Um, I think, so the term social selling itself is kind of this, create this misconception between selling and being social. Yeah. <laughs> if you're selling, it's really hard to build trust. Uh, if you are being social, if you are being conversational, if you are about adding value, um, then that what le that what leads to building trust. And I'll just just as you think about yourself, how do you trust people on socials that come to talk to you? Would you trust people who just approach you with a call to action or a pitch or let's book an appointment in their second message to so you? Probably, if you don't know them. Yep. If you don't know them, if there's not a strong personal brand behind them, you probably wouldn't trust and, you know, give them your time. But if they approach you answering your question, or they're being really on point with a problem that you have, because they know that's what bothers you, or your industry, or you as a persona, I think this is the first step to building trust. So that all kind of comes back to the skills that I was talking about. So if you know what to say um, and you are saying this, wanting add value and help, mm -hmm. that will help you build trust. Great. And sometimes you have to stop yourself. You really want to send that pitch. I know. <laughs> because you're a target. <laughs> um, Anna, before, one question we got on LinkedIn right now. Um, ties kind of perfectly into the question I had in mind uh, in regards of how to enable your team. But how the question on, on life was, how can I build my personal brand if I should target multiple industries? That's a good question. Yeah. I need to look after really <laughs> <laughs> um, So you can find, uh, so there are several uh, ways to do that. If you target multiple industries, say you are an SDR in a company and you have multiple industries um, that you are in charge of, then uh, building your, I mean, your personal brand is not tied to the industries that you target because this year you are here, next year you move somewhere else and you have different industries to target. So you cannot, uh, you cannot tie this to the industry. And realistically, um, if you're in sales, it's really difficult to build expertise and brand in a specific industry unless you are like your career is tied to this industry alone. But if you're an industry selling SaaS solution and you have to target manufacturing and professional services and retail, then you build your um, brand around persona. That's an easier 
way to be more consistent. So you're selling to CMO or you're selling to IT. Um, that is the better way. That will be, there will be commonalities. And then when you have your one-to-one -one outreach, then you will need to specify this to industry, but your public brand, uh, you might want to look at the persona. Great, super. Thanks for that advice. Um, Anna, so I mentioned before enabling. How do you enable a team to have the skills needed in social selling and marrying social and selling together? Um, so, okay, uh, that was what I was really busy with. <laughs> and um, so we used what we call programmatic approach mm -hmm. to training and enabling uh, growing these skills. It was both my own team uh, and uh, sales teams that we worked with. So I don't believe in training as a proper sit down training beyond onboarding. So proper training during onboarding is appropriate, but after that, it, it should go more in ongoing learning. Mm -hmm. And that's where, uh, so you think about it more as educator. So you start with onboarding, you are giving the knowledge, but for knowledge to transfer into skill, you need to practice this. So um, it means that ongoing learning is around practice in the real life situation. And that's, that's how we focus on the skills. Say, I'll just give an example. If you want uh, to train the skill of prospecting, researching, uh, finding decision makers, using sales navigator like a pro, creating this list. So that's uh, the best way to do it at the start of the quarter or at the start of the financial year when you take your territories and work with the specific territories and targets uh, using Sales Navigator to find these companies that you want or looking at specific industry and country, create the list, look at decision makers, research decision makers, and have some plan in place. What is possible to do on social to get to, get to the conversation, to create these opportunities? That will help practice the skill and the role of uh, my role, my team's role would be more like a coach guiding this. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, that's, I think that's the best way to get the skill. If you want to train writing, which is kind of more difficult to align to your quarterly target, <laughs> we did challenges, contests, it's always opt in um, to who wants to participate in the writing contest. So if you do it consistently, so you want to train writing and also consistency with publishing and over a quarter, um, you run this challenge and definitely get results. So that's basically tying back to changing a habit and getting into the habit of writing because over the course of time, you will see a change on your style and, and how the messaging will change and have an impact. I think that more coaching mm -hmm. and helping get result, positive result, then you don't have to do the training and quote multiple stats that this is how social selling works, 90% of buyers are succeeding, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you will actually show this is how you get result. Uh, so you want to get to the result. I would not say I want to train a habit. Mm -hmm. um, 
because we are all in adult learning. Um, so adults, the main difference is how adults learn, like us. We need to understand why. why? Yes. <laughs> why? Why we we need to do this? Mm -hmm. So if you just say something, this is one thing. But if they see the result, oh, that's why. This is how it works. Um, then it will stick. Okay, cool. So you mentioned the result, and that's the driving why. So how does yeah. actually good social selling look like? How do you define success and good in, in these terms here? Um, so I think that a good social seller is the go-to person mm -hmm. in the market for either a specific product or a problem. So somebody who is known by decision maker, somebody who is recommended. So as soon as you're the social seller, start getting referrals from people you never heard of, you are probably on the right path. You're probably on the right track. So um, it's not really, it's not necessarily somebody who creates the best videos, but it's somebody who manages to position themselves and network uh, in this strategic way so that um, they are known. So that's the success. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And how can you tie this success, even if that's possible, with KPIs? How, are there metrics and, and uh, indicators you used or you can recommend as a guideline for social selling? So KPIs for a, for a company, for their sales teams. Um, this, is, this is not easy because still social selling is done by or on, in, in personal space. These are not corporate accounts. There is no access to personal data. So companies, I think for, for best, they cannot track what we're doing on social media with that granularity. So um, I think the KPIs, um, there are two good areas of KPIs. One is usage and adoption. There are certain activities that are meaningful on Sales Navigator um, that show that whatever this uh, sales team is doing, they are doing the right things. They're, so they're taking the right steps. And the second one, uh, the SSI is actually a decent KPI as well. I've been always against SSI because it's one metric that kind of rules them all, uh, easily gamed, but it does show um, with a certain degree of certainty that um, the activity is there. Mm -hmm. And because it's so, it uses so much data that is not available, so that Linda has in the back end, it's a really good indicator. Mm -hmm. So I would say usage, adoption of Sales Navigator. Um, and SSI. If we think about teams that do not use Sales Navigator, there are teams that have uh, LinkedIn, the, the, the uh, free license or premium license of LinkedIn, or they use Facebook or Twitter, then there's just manual attribution that sales reps will need to do. And I don't think it's very reliable. <laughs> Okay. Because nobody wants to record some extra things manually. So I would not rely on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Might be against some other KPIs, <laughs> what we have to face. 
Yeah, I think that uh, even KPIs, uh, like we want to have, if it's a light KPI, we want to have every quarter, at least two, three success stories, how we sell on social media, that would be a decent KPI. And you would know what to do, you would know that you need to communicate, you need to understand to kind of dig for these successes. If you have no success stories to share every quarter, there's probably something something is off. So that would be one easy KPI to use as well. Anna, I mean, we heard in, in the introduction and when you introduced yourself, you have a standing history in social media. But how do you perceive the pivot social selling took in the last 13, 14 months to the whole changes we have been facing? Um, I think in 2020, we realized that for a while, social was the only way to create new opportunities and to search for new business. Uh, even, even if you, there's like this common fight, cold calling, social selling, what is better? What is that? What is not that? <laughs> But honestly, cold calling, even was not easy in 2020 because people work from home. Lots of your contacts are receptions. So <laughs> there were no gatekeepers because they're also at home, but you can also not easily get to call. Um, so social was the only way. Um, and after I think this change, this realis realization that we need to be there, we need to look good we need to be visible it kind of reached more people than before so and we'll see how it is changing right now so would and, you even say that the pandemic and its global impact was or is the proof of concept for social selling um i think it was in a way proof of concept mm -hmm. Proof of concept is usually in revenue and in sales. So, and there are so many things that go into that success. Um, I think more people, first, it's like you're minimizing the risk in your strategy. So when 2020 came, we were like, okay, for three years, we were working on this. We are ready. <laughs> we are prepared. We don't have to look for, we don't have to do some urgent training. We don't have to do anything. We're ready. <laughs> we just need to keep going and do the right thing. So I think this realization was important for many people who were not ready, who discarded this as something that, okay, nice to have, which was nice to have for many industries that were more face-to-face -face, mm -hmm. um, uh, focused yeah, in their sales conversations. That, so that was the big change. Super. Great. <laughs> so, Anna, I want to be cautious of time before we wrap up. I have two more questions, one from the audience directly and one from myself. And the one from the audience is, again, related to um, personal branding and personal stories. And it says, uh, what should be a regular cadence to share content related to personal story, industry re related and company created content? Um, so I think that 
definitely not 100% of company created content. That's my, so I see so much of this. Mm -hmm. So definitely not 100% of what company sends you to, to share. Um, I would not say every week can be different. So on LinkedIn, um, so when I started social media, I'll just, just step back. There was always this recipe. You have to post, if you are blogging, you have to have three blog posts a week minimum. Now, when we look at Instagram, for example, lots of Instagram coaches, it was, you have to post every day. You have to have stories every day. Uh, LinkedIn is not like that. I think algorithm works uh, differently. It's very engagement-based. So if you have one post a week, that is performing really well, this is fine. This will be enough. So um, I think you should have your personal content. Say you, you should plan for at least to have like on average once a week, which will be more than enough. And you can complement this with curated content that you curate yourself mm -hmm. and then add in company content. I would not publish more than 20% of company content on your personal, um, on your personal profile. So 20%. I hope, I hope that <laughs> answered the question uh, from the audience, because I think it's a really good advice. 20% company content. The rest. numbers. Yes. But just it, it really depends. Some companies do not produce good content. Some companies produce amazing content that is really good for social. So it really depends on what kind of content your company does. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, the question I had for myself was, from your point of view, Anna, what are the three top tips you want to share if someone wants to get started with social? Or even if they are advanced, maybe we can also distinguish their three starting tips and maybe three more advanced ones. So, um, so yeah, the one the is still very valid first step is uh, to fix your profile mm -hmm. and to spend some decent time on your profile um, because profile is like your business card and the first impression. And it shows up in so many places on LinkedIn. So lots of components of profile are important, say the banner. Uh, I think maybe it was the change that maybe I noticed it very late or it happened within the last year. When you look uh, on your mobile app, when you look at people who viewed uh, my profile, now you see all the banners. It, it wasn't like that before. So now the banner uh, where, where you have your key message on the banner itself matters way more. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously the photo um, for salespeople I would never recommend uh, having your photo private because lots of people have this setting when your photo is only visible to your connections so for salespeople this is something to reconsider to have your face there uh, so and then the everything else um, so spend time on writing your uh, overview on picking the featured content. So it's like your mini website now. Mm -hmm. um, the second tip is start networking, connect with people. That's where you can get, you can go with a numbers game. Just, just have this target of connecting with people. Um, I don't mean automate any automation by this. Uh, I just recently saw 
on my feed that LinkedIn, again, they change the limits of how many connection requests you can send out, how many connection requests you can have pending. So build your network meaningfully. Um, but also as you do that, as you engage with people, understand what is your, uh, so, and that will be the maybe tip number three, understand what is your next step for your um, social interactions. If you say, if you connect with somebody um, and they respond to your connection request, what you will follow up with for this person. So you always need to keep this in mind. And again, it's not a pitch, ideally. <laughs> so think of the marketer here. Think about it as your mini funnel. So what will you do with people who view your profile? What will you do with people who like your posts? What will be your next step? Not very pushy, salesy, but next step, yeah. Maybe as an add-on to your second tip with uh, the outreach of connections and networking, I think the limit was 100, if I have it correctly in my yeah. head, per week. Yeah. And also an add-on tip, you can delete old connections. Yes requests yes. Yes, like you if can you have them in your funnel yes. for three four months maybe consider yes. deleting them because they also have a limit on there yeah that's that's a good tip i've seen profiles uh being suspended because they had too many pending connection requests exactly. it used to be three thousand a few years ago now it's one thousand so yeah that's a good tip as well we got another question on on live and it is um anna are you doing all the personal social selling work yourself or do you use supportive agencies for my own company that's how i would interpret it yes yes i have to do what i preach of course <laughs> <laughs> actually i would never consider a hiring agency to do my outreach on linkedin um, my whole background when i had social media listening agency, content creation, thought leadership was always what I've been doing myself. Mm -hmm. um, I know there are agencies who would do the SDR work for you and they do help scale. Um, but no. And no. <laughs> okay, you're biased here. Good. <laughs> we leave it there. Um, Anna. Before we finish off, one quick fire question. I have three, but I want to be cautious of time. But the one that uh, interests me the most is one person that inspires you. Is there one person you would share with the audience that was, in, was or is inspiring you at the moment? So I usually have people who inspire me in the moment because mm -hmm. I, think, I see somebody who's doing great things and I kind of want to learn how they do it and, and be the same because I have like a specific, um, specific goal on my mind. But mm -hmm. if I think about consistently in women, in business owners, entrepreneurs, in tech and in social, um, there's company in Australia, uh, born in Australia, I think they went global, uh, Digivisor, and the CEO, Emma Lorusso, she, she really inspires me because she's been in business. She's been in very um, similar industry to me uh, all the time and social media and social insights. So look her up on LinkedIn and follow her. 
she's really inspiring and her company yeah wonderful so if our audience wants to reach out to you Aina what is the best way to get in touch with you I wouldn't <laughs> say TikTok <laughs> yeah uh reach out to me on LinkedIn definitely yes I'll be happy to answer any questions connect with you um so yeah I'm open wonderful Anna, thank you so much for your time today and sharing all your experiences, expertise and tips and tricks. I hope it was also help, uh, helpful to the audience. Stay tuned for our next sessions to come. And yeah, stay thank social. You. We will thank see you on LinkedIn. Thank you. Bye. Bye.